What is going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to the next episode of the Three Peaks Fitness Podcast. I'm Coach Mark. I'm Coach Lynette. And today we have a very special guest. We have Dr. Veronica Brugman of Alpha Project Physio and Performance. Nicely done. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, why don't you, you know, kind of give the rundown to our audience, you know, who is Dr. Veronica? What does she do? What's her deal? Give us the the 90-second elevator pitch. Okay. (laughs) Um, so I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist, so I'm a physical therapist and I specialize in pelvic floor dysfunctions. And so a lot of the things that I treat are, um, postpartum women, um, that can include diastasis recti. I treat any type of leakage. I treat prolapsing, um, tailbone pain, any pelvic pain, pain with intimacy. Um, that is a lot of the topics I treat, which I see a lot postpartum, but also, people who are not postpartum can have those issues too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm fascinated. I don't know a ton about this, so I'm really excited about today. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Cool. So how did you kind of get into that realm? How did you get into that field? So I always just thought it sounded cool. I don't have like a great story, but <laughs> I first heard of it in college because my roommate in freshman year had endometriosis and she would be like in a lot of pain all the time she would be like curled up in a ball on her bed some days yeah so she had a lot of pain and she ended up going to pelvic floor physical therapy and that's when I first heard about it and I was like that sounds like a really cool way to help people um I I really like it it's within physical therapy so that's everything I like to do um and then In physical therapy school, I took like a little weekend elective on it. It was one of the electives that we could take. And um, I was also like, okay, this is cool. I would like maybe do it one day. And then I graduated and I was working at just like an outpatient clinic. And I saw an opportunity. There's a lot of need in the area to have another pelvic floor physical therapist. So I saw the opportunity and I just went online and signed up for a class and um, it's a weekend course. So I drove to Massachusetts and <laughs> took a class for the weekend and drove back and I started treating pelvic floor patients the next day. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. So, uh, what sort of like dysfunctions do you run into most frequently in your line of work? I would say probably my most frequent one. And a lot of times all the dysfunctions overlap with each other. But I would say one of the main ones is leakage, Um, like women who leak when they're lifting, when they're Mm -hmm. running, jumping, coughing, sneezing, or um, sometimes on the way to the bathroom if they have a lot of urgency. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of leakage. Um, Usually it's urinary. It could be fecal too. And then I also see a lot of, um, I would say one of my favorites is diastasis recti, where the abdominal muscles, um, they separate the left and the right side separate from each other when you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. And then after pregnancy, they don't always come back together as close as they were before. And that can cause, then your whole core is not working, right? Mm -hmm. So that um, can cause low back pain. It can um, cause leakage too, because then your system isn't working correctly. So it it can cause a lot of different problems. Um, And also people complain about their quote, mom pooch, that can be related to diastasis oh, okay. sometimes. Mm, okay. um, so we have to do, we have to like learn how to retrain your core. And there's a lot of mobility that goes with it. Typically a lot mm-hmm. of mobility deficits that I see with it. Um, tailbone pain is another big one. I like treating that too. 
I should have brought my pelvic model. That would have been great. But um, <laughs> the muscles of the pelvic floor, some of them attach to the tailbone. So okay, okay. it is very, very related. Then we have to go work on the muscles of the pelvic floor because they directly attach to that structure. Um, and then fascinating. Yeah. I is there an event that, that causes that or is that just a chronic thing that happens? Sometimes there's an event, like sometimes someone will have a slip and fall and fall on their tailbone, yeah. fall on their butt. So sometimes there's direct injury like that. Sometimes it's during childbirth, there's a direct injury. Mm. And then also sometimes if someone has tightness in their pelvic floor for whatever reason, it can, those muscles get tight and like tug on the tailbone. So that can cause pain too. Wow. Mm. Okay. Interesting. interesting. And that can happen. That's that's not unique to females. No. I've treated men okay. for tailbone pain also. Okay. It can definitely happen if they carry, you know, they have tight pelvic floors. If they carry a lot of their stress in their muscles um, throughout their whole body, then the pelvic floor can be included with that. And that's when we see tailbone pain sometimes with men. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Cool. Interesting. Would you say like any of these uh, dysfunctions – are in any way, shape, or form related to like the modern lifestyle and you know how sedentary how sedentary we are. Um, yeah, I like that question when I read it. So when I read um, dysfunctions unique to the modern lifestyle, since COVID, there's been there's a couple things that it made me think of. So since COVID, a lot of people went to working in the office to working from home, and maybe their ergonomic setup isn't as good as it was in the workplace. Um, so I've seen increase in tailbone pain. Like the one guy I treated for tailbone pain, he it wasn't a problem before COVID. And then like transitioning to home, I think it was it's stressful, um, the whole situation of COVID for most people. Yeah. So um, you're carrying more stress in your body and then you're sitting on maybe a not so good chair at home, um, stressed out about your work situation all day and your life situation. So I've seen a lot of tailbone pain since then. Wow. And then the other thing I thought of too is since people are working from home and they have their bathroom available like two feet away from them at all times, um, sometimes it trains people to have not as good bladder habits and then they get a lot of urgency mm. and frequency because they're like, oh, I can just go use the bathroom. Like when I feel like I have to pee just even a little bit and then they go and then they go and then they're going too often and their bladder forgets how to um, be able to hold it longer. <laughs> so oh my gosh. You regress to being a, yeah. a baby again. Yeah. <laughs> so really there, so is that is that a muscle thing when you when you can't hold your pee as long? Yeah, muscle that, and brain. A, like the muscle brain connection. thing. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Super yeah. interesting. Yeah. That is really interesting. So you're also so I didn't had never really thought about that. I mean, obviously, um, COVID was very stressful and we all know that, but I didn't really think <laughs> about how not only is, you know, the sedent extra, you know, sedentary lifestyle that went along with COVID, um, you know, combining that with the, the stress and where mm -hmm. people hold their stress yeah. as well can definitely impact, you know, whatever, you know, joints, uh, where, where that pain is manifesting itself. That's really interesting. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, would you say that any, pelvic floor dysfunctions are preventable? Um, are they inevitable or? Yeah. Is it yeah. like, are you kind of just. What can people do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that they are preventable. Um, it depends with what you have going on with your pelvic floor. Um, okay. So for example, somebody going into pregnancy and postpartum during pregnancy, working on your pelvic floor, making sure 
the muscles are relaxed enough and they're not carrying a lot of stress because now they have a whole baby on top of them and it's um, more Mm. stress on those muscles. So making sure that they're relaxed but also strong at the same time. Um, So doing exercises that can definitely prevent um, leakage afterward or any pelvic pain afterward. And then also just not just the pelvic floor, but the rest of your body too, like making sure you maintain your core strength during pregnancy and the muscle imbalances that come along with pregnancy and your posture changes. So like, for example, hip flexors get tight a lot of the time with that pregnancy posture. So um, the pelvic floor and then also the rest of your body, there's definitely exercises and measures that you can take to prevent pelvic floor dysfunction. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Would you say that there's like, like if you're going to take a big picture view, like what sort of things can people do, um, obviously to contribute to their general health, but kind of, you know, what are some best practices to, to preventing potential pelvic floor issues in the future? You know, not just, not necessarily specific exercises, but just sort of best practices. Um, so best practices, I would say being, working out in general. So having hip strength and core strength will help set up your pelvic floor for having a good life going forward. So just keeping your body strong and healthy in general. Um, posture too, because the more the more hunched over you are, technically the more pressure that puts on your pelvic floor. Oh. And so having good thoracic mobility and sitting up straight and being able to um, have that range of motion in your upper back that goes away when you're hunched over all day, like maybe sitting at work, um, is also important. So I would say overall posturing and strength in your body will externally will help internally to not put extra stresses and forces on the internal muscles. Yeah, cool. Oh, my gosh. I I just thought when you talked about thoracic, (laughs) that's the upper back for anyone who doesn't know. That made me think of, we just interviewed another physical therapist the other day saying what she's seen more upper back mobility issues after COVID. So I think those two things are definitely related. I agree the upper with back that. and the uh, the tailbone. Yeah. I agree with that. Pain after COVID, I was um, at that point. I wasn't entirely just pelvic floor at that point. I was treating everything at that point, and I did see an increase in neck pain, back pain, upper back pain because yeah. people. Um, yeah. The whole yeah the combination of I think work environment changing and stress. Wow. Yeah. See a lot but I never that. thought that would translate to pelvic floor yeah. dysfunction when your upper back isn't working. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, you physical therapists must hate chairs <laughs> or, or love them. I don't know. <laughs> right? I don't hate chairs. I love encourage them. everyone to have a standing desk so they don't have to spend like their whole work day sitting. Yeah. Um, yeah. No matter what your problem is, I say like, you know, yeah. to have a standing desk, a standing option. I always encourage that. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's cool. Nice, nice, nice. Now, in the case of age, right, what, what are we talking about? Like, as people get older, are there more, uh, as we age, are there definitely more dysfunctions that, you know, are, you know, more common in a specific age range? Um, I treat a big age, a big range of ages. Um, I treat, the youngest I treat is typically is um, maybe like teenagers, 20-year-olds, and like people who have not had a baby yet. And typically I'll see them for um, something related to pelvic floor muscle tightness. As people get older, what I see is their bodies do change, and it can be because of some different reasons. It can be because if they have had kids in the past and they haven't really taken care of their postpartum issues, then 
it just kind of um, gets a little more noticeable as they get older. So sometimes it'll just be issues from having kids. And then 20 years later, they're like, okay, you know what? This is really bothering me. I want to do something about it now. Um, or sometimes if people just have uh, like bad habits over time, like bad posturing over time yeah. or like their breath holders or stuff like that over time, it can put different forces on their pelvic floor and then they'll wow, start noticing okay. it. Um, and also as women get older and they go through their perimenopause, menopausal time, their hormone changes that can also exacerbate a lot of issues that were either there before or um, weren't there before, but now they're like, what are all these new issues? So with aging, we have hormone changes. We have just like years and years of bad habits or bad posturings. Mm -hmm. And that can definitely add up after some time. Yeah. So I'm interested in what you um, said about like if you didn't take care of something postpartum and then it lingers for 20 years and then keeps getting worse. So that's really interesting to me that um, taking care of something in your early 20s will benefit you like decades later. Definitely. Okay. Like if you have a diastasis and you just don't take care of your core and then your yeah. core is functioning poorly for 20 years, that's not going to be good for your body. Mm. And it can definitely result in more leakage, more low back pain, um, a lot okay. of different problems. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense. You know, we, as you know, being personal trainers, we don't deal a lot with the pelvic floor. It's, you know, lower backs, you know, shoulders, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so that principle we're, we run into all the time, right? Oh, okay, you've been doing this for, you know, since you were 20 years old, now you're 50 years old. And of course, these issues are manifesting themselves. But it is super mm -hmm. interesting yeah. um, to learn more about the pelvic floor and, and just how impactful it is and how significant it is, you know, in terms of your overall health. It's not something that's really talked about a lot in our world. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. And I learned a statistic in school, 80% um, of people with low back pain have pelvic floor dysfunction. Oh. So it's actually very, very related to um, low back pain, mm. which is something that you guys see all the time, I'm sure. It's, yeah. Well, they're they're right next to each other. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Like um, the pelvic floor is like the bottom. Yeah. And then your abdominals and low back yeah. muscles are the yeah. sides and the front and the back. Mm -hmm. Well, that would make sense because if the pelvic floor is like weak or imbalanced, it's going to, the lower back's going to want to compensate. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. That's right. Like if it's yeah. weak or imbalanced, um, other muscles will have to compensate like you said. And that's why it's important to have like your core and your hips working well. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. Fascinating. Cool. Well, before we uh, start to wrap this thing up, did, Lynette, did you have any other questions? A ton of That's questions, well, but yeah, go the it. good news is <laughs> uh -huh. the good news is that she's doing a, a workshop right here in our in our um, gym, so we get to learn more from her on that on January seventh yep. workshop here in the gym. So if uh, if any of this, if you've got more questions like I do, come to the workshop on January seventh, two thousand twenty three. Yeah. yeah, and I will have my pelvic model then, so you can yeah. see even better. Um, I really should have brought it. But you'll be able to see even better the muscles of the pelvic floor and how everything really is related to each other. Very cool. Yeah, we're going to learn some exercises, learn a ton of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, very good. I like that. Very cool. So it sounds like if you work, if you work out in a gym, you want to be able to doing th do things related to your upper back, your hips, your core, um, your glutes. Yep. And uh, so 
the reasons for working out, I know everyone's probably thinking, you know, new year, new me kind of thing. You know, it's like goes way beyond weight loss, right? This is all about how you're going to function and, and enjoy life in the future, yeah. right? Enjoy yeah. life and without just, having to run to the bathroom every five minutes. Yeah, just because you're skinny doesn't mean <laughs> right. you don't have these problems. Right. Yeah. So Exactly. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Cool. Was, well, was there anything else you wanted to let the audience know about? Was there anything you had in mind? Well, how do they see your social media? Um, so my social media, I have Instagram, and it's alpha underscore project underscore pelvic underscore floor. Okay. And um, alpha project pelvic floor. So just underscore between each of those. Um, cool. So my Instagram is what I recommend if you want to look at yeah, social media. I just started TikTok, but it's um, <laughs> I've posted once on it so far. <laughs> but it's Alpha Project underscore Pelvic Floor. Um, cool. So right now, I recommend my Instagram for social media. And you've got a, a website. Yeah, Alpha Project Physio dot com, and okay. the it's Physio P H Y Z I O. Oh, Z I O. So okay. Alpha Project Physio dot com with the Z. Very cool. good. Ooh, Very we can, good. We can link all that stuff so in the show notes. Yeah. So what do you yeah. think the uh, we didn't put this in the questions but what do you think the biggest myth myth or um, false belief that people have about the pelvic floor? So I think the biggest myth/false belief is that you just need to do kegels. Like every pelvic floor dysfunction people are like, "Oh, you got to do kegels. Oh, you got to do kegels." And kegels um, they can be a helpful exercise, but for some dysfunctions, if people have tightness in their pelvic floor, just contracting it and contracting it, that's just going to make the tightness worse. So if you have like urgency, frequency, um, pain with intimacy, tailbone pain, if you just sit there and do Kegels and nothing else, then it can make your problem worse. Whoa. Slash like it won't fix the problem probably. And um, for people who do need to strengthen their pelvic floors, Kegels can be helpful, but um, we want to make sure you're doing them with the correct technique. And that's what I'm here for. I can tell somebody if they're doing it with the correct technique and um, how strong it is. And then also what else do they need? Like what are their hips doing and what is their core doing? Like what else does their body need besides just doing Kegels? Um, and also sometimes people, if they have tight and weak pelvic floors, we need to relax the pelvic floor down before we go contracting it. So it's, um, it's more complicated than like, oh, just do your Kegels. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> There's a lot more to this than we knew. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot to it. <laughs> so do you feel like, in your professional opinion, do you feel like every person that gives birth should go to a pelvic floor therapist? I do. I do. I think one day it'll be like that. Just I think it'll take a long time. I agree. I feel like it's a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. It's a big deal, and it should just be part of, like, the same way you, after you get knee surgery, you go to physical right. therapy. Right. If exactly. you have a baby, you should go to physical therapy. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, it's that's our little soapbox. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm with you guys. Like it's, I can't tell you how many clients, you know, usually like female clients yeah. over the years that I've worked with who just, yeah. you know, oh, good. Oh, we're doing a uh, jump rope. I got to run to the bathroom. You know, yes. it's, it's just like so. like they just won't it's, jump or. Yeah. Or, or yeah. It's um, so common. It's people definitely. wear pads. People wear dark pants because yeah. they're worried about it. So there's a lot of things that yeah. people worry about at the gym that maybe they're not saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. and and for years we thought, well, that's normal. I've had a baby. Yeah. Or that's normal. I'm 
over 50 or whatever. Yeah, that's one of the biggest myths too is like, oh, you've had a baby, you're going to leak. Like that's just how it is. That's how it's going to be. But like it really doesn't have to be that way. You can still do something about it. You just lit up so many people's world right now. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I don't have to live with this. Mm-hmm. There's something I could do about this. You can, even if it was a while ago that you had your baby, like you can still do something about it. I'm going to put poise out of business. All right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, cool. Last question we've got for you. What are three things that elevate your life? So I think, I think um, three things that elevate my life are my work and my family and my friends. So my work, obviously, I'm I'm really passionate about pelvic floor physical therapy. Like, I love it, and I want more people to learn about it so they don't have to just think that what they're going through is normal or can't be helped. Um, so my work definitely elevates my life, and we take it seriously at Alpha Project. Like, we take our work seriously. And then my family is a huge part of my life, too. Like, uh, my parents and my sister, like, we are all very close and help, a lot, help each other a lot. And then um, my husband, too. We like push each other um, and grow together a lot. And then my friends, we always um, choose our friends. Like we choose people around us who we think will elevate us. And if we don't choose friends who we think are going to elevate us, like that's not really the best choice in friends. So I think surrounding yourself with people who will elevate you is important. I love that. Very cool. That's good. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we appreciate you coming on. This is very insightful. I think it's going to be really yeah. helpful for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got anything else before we, we sign off? Nope, that's it. All Thank right. you for having me. I'm excited for the workshop. Yes, yeah, we're very excited about great. the workshop. Yep, January 7th. Sweet. All right. Hopefully this was helpful, guys. We will talk to you next time. All right. Bye.